Hi, I'm Zoe Miguel-Nixon, and today we're talking about religion in the superhero comics. She don't mind what you say, it's okay, overplay day by day. Welcome back after a barrage of technical difficulties and just, you know, life stuff. I've decided we are bi-weekly again and um, I really hope this works out because my microphone is messing up today and I'm at my parents' house and I'm hoping there's no noise as I record this. If this is your first time joining me, the Pop Culture Papers is where I look back at papers I wrote about when I was consuming pop culture for classes, what I was consuming, reflect on those times, the art, and talk about what has changed. So as we have just came up on the release of Spider-Man No Way Home, which I have already seen twice, and it's Christmas time. I have been planning this episode for a minute. I thought there would be no better paper to do than for my freshman foundations course of race and identity in comics. This one is going to be a little different as I talk about a hodgepodge of different characters and stories in this one. So I'll be explaining a little more a little bit more about why I wrote this. The title is Religion in the Superhero Genre. So I remember our professor said we could write about anything pertaining to our identity and seeing that even though I liked the topics we discussed, it was a, my last class on a Friday and three hours long every week um, for the first semester of undergrad. So I tried to make it something personal to me. I grew up in a born-again Christian household and pretty conservative for the most part. Yikes. Um, <laughs> if you know me now, you know exactly the story, kind of. But um, yeah, we're just going to keep rolling with it. Even when we lived in the liberal states of Washington, California, Nevada, and Colorado, our church attendance was semi-consistent if we were near a Calvary Chapel or a Filipino-American church. But as our family grew and moved more, it was harder to both wrangle all of us to go, dependent on my parents' work schedule as they were nurses, and increasingly difficult to find a church we all agreed on, uh, more or less. Growing up, I was the consummate good girl, oldest child, good student, active member of Christian club, (laughs) Um, hardly broke any rules, and so on. You get the picture. When I wrote this around November 2015, I was still mostly in the throes of evangelical Christianity, and but I could almost start feeling myself starting my deconstruction and reconstruction around here. I won't bore you with the discourse and gritty details of religious trauma brought about the by the fire and brimstone I grew up around alongside being raised in purity culture, um, which, you know, thank God for therapy because, oh, a lot of undoing there. Um both of which things I'm still dealing with in my own way, but I'm happy to say that through it all, I found a path. I still identify as a Christian, but not as one steeped in the traditions or beliefs of the American evangelical church. Rather, I go to a church that has three statements, an LGBTQIA plus affirmation statement, a women's empowerment statement, and an anti-racism statement, and that's the closest thing they have to doctrine. Um, Big shout out to Paradox Church because without them and their amazing team um, that they have, I don't know where I'd be in this reclamation of my faith with them upholding that sermons are meant to start discussions and not end them and that we are to see and embrace Jesus Christ at all. It has opened me up to so much more than the narrow trappings of legalism in religion and specifically, you know, 
the American Evangelical Church. I could go on and on, but for now, I could say, and I was just thinking about this days ago, that I'm the happiest I've been in a really, really long time. It's a combination of things that have me feeling this way, but I can't help but think there's always a little divine intervention happening. Anyway, (laughs) that's a little backstory maybe you didn't need, but that's a lot more about me. Um, Anyway, for this paper, a little disclaimer, I do not mention Daredevil or Miss Marvel. Um, The first, which was a major oversight on my part because I thought I had no interest in Daredevil at this time, and the second was because the series had just barely begun um, around 2015, and Um, I remember my professor of this class giving me the first issue and I still have it in a pristine condition in the plastic somewhere in my room. Both of these I would now have included in the paper had I written it in current times. I also feel the paper is very intro philosophy first year of school and grasping but not super deep so bear with me. Um, This is religion in the superhero genre. Religion and superheroes are two words that aren't usually put into the same sentence, but when they are, it brings about different reactions from characters and readers and like. I already have to pause there because if you know (laughs) um, Christians, they typically like to try to make an allegory between superheroes and or any pop culture and Jesus. And while I did do that a lot growing up too, I didn't think it happened as much as it did, but then, you know, separating myself a little bit, it happens a lot more often. So I'm just like, okay, maybe I could have thought about that a little bit more before writing. But also when I was trying to write this, I was fully having a breakdown the day before. So excuse me, just a little bit for my 18 year old brain. Anyway, back to the paper. These reactions can involve anger from the public, introspection on a character's part, or further acceptance of comic book culture. With religion being the hot-button topic that it is, it's underrepresented in the superhero genre and should not be left up for interpretation for the sake of universal marketability. The first and arguably the biggest barrier that would need to be bypassed is the anger displayed by Western culture when less dominant religions are represented in the world of comics. In an article by Carol Ketterwalder about recent superhero team, The 99, it stated that religion in the comic isn't overt. Quote, the characters are inspired by Islam rather than Islamic. I've never used that word, said Mutawa, the creator of The 99. In the post 9-11 culture we live in, this can be seen as a safe move on both DC's and the creator's side, only those familiar with what the team's name symbolized, the 99 traits of Allah, would understand the reference to Islam because like most comics, there's no overt religion in the 99, characters never pray, no one's religion is ever mentioned. Yet, there's still an underlying hatred and pushback towards the group that has less to do with religion and more to do with the culture they represent. In an article titled... Muslim Superheroes Meet Resistance in America by Dan Marica. It notes that the back and forth between an author and creator, Naif Al-Mutawa, when stating Geller also takes issue with Al-Mutawa's assertion that the 99 exemplifies moderation and toleration, pointing to a burqa-wearing superhero. But Al-Mutawa 
It says, criticisms of burqas are evidence that for some people, anything to do with Islam is bad. How cliche is that? Characters created to promote tolerance are getting shut down by extremists. This shows both intolerance and ignorance that is prevalent in today's society, as wearing a burqa is a result of the Muslim culture. No one is forced to look upon them or share their views, and yet it's taken offensively because it's shown. While the presence of the 99 and other Muslim superheroes should continue to make themselves known, the companies putting out these comics should introduce more characters into the universe, into well-known stories, and not make light of their faith or culture by making them into caricatures. Introspection can be involved in religion, whether someone identifies with a religion or not. The In the comics universe, characters can be seen as being thoughtful about their faith and what they believe this quality can be seen in Nightcrawler, Wolverine, and The Thing. Wolverine seems to not identify with any religion specifically, but does occasionally use spiritual language and thinks about it often with other mutants, specifically Colossus and Nightcrawler. In Wolverine, Volume 3, Issue 6, he tells Nightcrawler, who's known to be a devout Catholic, you are a priest, absolve me. Another instance of Wolverine and Faith is in House of M the day after when he speaks to Colossus and says, some things have to be taken on faith. Colossus asks, and and when that faith is lost, Logan's response is simple, saying, still working on that one. Wolverine is in a very human struggle with what he believes and seems to be open to exploring his faith, but it is his own humanity that seems to be getting in the way of fully believing anything beyond the world he lives in. Other characters like the thing claim their faith but purposefully hide it. A notable exchange between Mr. Shuckerberg and Ben Grimm about faith. All these years in the news, they never mention you're Jewish. I thought maybe you were ashamed of it a little. Nah, anyone on the internet can figure it out if they want. It's just, I don't talk it up as all. Figure there's enough trouble in the world without people thinking Jews are, mo- are all monsters like me. This is interesting because it's made clear that Ben's faith isn't hidden. He just keeps it to himself to avoid changing the perception of others, which makes you wonder how many other superheroes could be doing the same. These examples could help readers explore their own spiritual path and could also be incorporated into more storylines as background information and rationale for the actions of these characters. I really like these exchanges with Wolverine and The Thing because with Wolverine where he says I'm still working on that, it's one of those things where you talk to friends and they're just like, well, then what happens when, you know, bad things happen? And you're just like, I don't have an answer, but I'm working on it. And I think that's just something I've defaulted to a lot where it's like I don't have the answer but maybe I'll get back to you on it someday because I'm still figuring it out I'm only 24 like I I really don't know I'm learning a lot (laughs) and then same with Ben and maybe not introducing his faith right away because there are a lot of preconceptions when you tell someone about your religion because it's like sometimes people will say like oh she's a Christian it's like they immediately think that I'm just like some conservative that I'm just like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. So I'm just like, no, just talk to me for a little bit and I will tell you where I stand right now because, you know, everything is fluid. Um, but yeah, 
I'm going to try not to go on a rant here, so I'm just going to continue on with the paper, and here we go. While some can argue that comics are a large part of the American culture, the superhero genre is one that people are still hesitant to embrace. This is not super true anymore. As you can see, everyone will blow the doors off of an MCU movie, and so we will keep going. This could be exemplified in a single statement. As one can see from all these critics, superhero literature is relegated to the lowest tiers of artistic and literary recognition. A response as to why people also take comics seriously is the ability of the medium to imagine and to dream, which often overlaps with the religious experience. While a reader may identify with a character due to their faith, others may not, in which companies fear alienation and division from their readers. Larger publishers such as DC and Marvel have a wider readership to worry about. I don't know of any mainstream publisher who would bite that bullet too hard, not in fear, but in concern of not wanting to divide their audience, comic book writer Fabian Nisiza says. Those who are already wary of comic book culture may be further distancing themselves from the superhero genre. The comic book companies have a responsibility to their business and their readership and have to be careful to not cross the fine line between the two and put both parts in jeopardy. Only time will tell if religion can make superheroes more accessible to people or even if more religious superheroes will be added to the universes of DC or Marvel. But taking a step towards telling the stories of those who hold spiritual identities could help the genre be seen as a legitimate form of literature given that the treatment of those characters is appropriate. The importance of religion is often not understated in our everyday lives, but is underrated in the world of comics because of factors like the public's reaction, evolving storylines, and reluctant acceptance of the superhero culture. It should be incorporated into the genre to take a stance for the readers who want to hear stories of spirituality in their favorite comics, which could start a revolution of comic evangelicalism, (laughs) or simply educate and give insight to the spiritually curious. I think some of you might have known why I laughed a little bit there at the end when I mentioned comic evangelicalism, because then you might have remembered a little bit of Bible Man, and um, there are comics where they just do the whole Bible in panels. Um, So those exist already, and I just remembered them. (laughs) But what has changed? Pop culture-wise, Daredevil completed its run in 2018 on Netflix, and now sits at the top of the Netflix MCU shows for me in the way that Matt Murdock navigates and questions his Catholic fake and it's super exciting that he will be brought back into the fold because of the new Spider-Man. I lost my mind in the theater. I love Matt Murdock so much. The Eternals deals a lot in unquestioned faith but one thing that did it even better was Loki um, in the way the TVA was shown and how they just didn't question anything that was happening around them and it is about religious trauma, surprisingly enough. I will not go, again, will not go down the rabbit hole this time, but if we want to talk about it, we'll talk about it. Miss <laughs> um, Marvel will be coming out on Disney+, Plus, and Kamala Khan will be the first Muslim-American superhero to be portrayed in the MCU. And I already told you what has changed for me, but to add on to my little tangent from the beginning, I direct some of the live streams for Paradox when we were coming back um, from 
the pandemic in April of this year to about July. And we'll drop in occasionally to volunteer for a directing shift or assistant director gig when they need me. It's been great. They do an amazing job with how they've gotten onto the digital side optimized through the past two years. And if you're looking for an affirming church that aligns with your beliefs, I highly suggest using churchclarity.org to see what most churches' policies and everything are because... If that is something you're interested in, you deserve to be genuinely taken care of like I do by my new community. So that's that's me for today. I got I feel like I got a little personal, but I hope you guys liked it. So thank you so much for listening to episode 12. Please rate, review and subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast you can now rate on spotify which is cool so that would be nice if you could do that um a big thank you to mandala for letting me do she don't mind as my theme song you can find them at mandala ct uh, this is all written edited produced and artwork by me you can find us on instagram at popcorn papers and on twitter at popcorn paper if you're interested in reading papers when she books are referencing slides i'll be uploading them on monday so watch out for those on the socials and i'll see you in two weeks if you look to write another day bye i'm comfy